Well, we're back to where we have parallel accounts. And so we're back to including 2 Chronicles and first, 2 Chronicles 18 and 1 Kings 22 are giving us parallel accounts of the same thing. So we'll go back and forth so that we can cover the uh, story that's given to us in the scriptures and check out any differences there may be. But this is the account of Jehoshaphat, Ahab, and Yahweh. Jehoshaphat, we haven't, we've, we've been in First Kings for a while. We haven't been with Jehoshaphat in a while. He's been a good king. He's uh, been blessed by God. And so the southern kingdom has prospered under his leadership. It's been several weeks since we studied and talked about that. But he's brought back into the picture now with Ahab, whom we have been studying for some time, along with Elijah, the prophet. So, so let's, uh, let's look at it and consider, first of all, the alliance that he has made with Ahab. Now, Jehoshaphat had abundant riches and honor, and he allied himself in marriage with Ahab. We're given, this is sort of a, a contrast. There is no reason for Jehoshaphat to seek the favor of Ahab, none whatsoever. If you go back and look at the account of his, his reign that has already been uh, reported and, and described in Second Chronicles, you will see that uh, he has solidified the nation militarily, economically, and as the king, his, his riches and his honor have increased greatly. It's been a while, really, since a king in the southern kingdom, a son of David, had the good report that Jehoshaphat had. And for some reason, he allied himself in marriage with Ahab. Now, you got to think about that. You, you have a child, and you have an interest in who your child gets married to. And here... Ahab is seen, and surely this king knew, as an idolater, about as far away from Yahweh as he could be. Married to Jezebel, a priestess of Baal, just has a terrible record as king. The account of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures, as you will recall, he did worse than any king that was ever before him. And he kept doing worse than that. Jehoshaphat has everything. But for some reason, he allied himself in marriage with Ahab. And he went down at the end of several years to Ahab to Samaria. 
And Ahab slaughtered for him abundant sheep and cattle and for the people who were with him. And he enticed him to go up to Ramoth Gilead. So they're going to have a meeting and uh, there's, he's trying to impress his guest. So sets this big table and all this, uh, all this gathering, is, this is going to be like a big party. And Ahab, the king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, Will you go with me to Remeth Gilead? Well, this is, will you go with me in war? Remember, previously and earlier in Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat had a, a really magnificent military army. Like me... And he said to him, this is Jehoshaphat's reply, like me, like you, like your people are my people, and they will go up with you in battle. In other words, yes, I will be your ally in this war. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire today the word of Yahweh. Well, he had... He has, he has been a good king. He has been careful to observe all that he should observe as king regarding the worship of Yahweh and the exaltation of Yahweh. He is, after all, in the lineage of David, the son of David. So he, he does what his forefather David always did. What does Yahweh say about this war? Sure, I'll go with you, but I want to know what Yahweh says first. The king of Israel gathered the prophets, 400 men, and he said to them, Shall we go to Remoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, I send, and Elohim God will deliver it into the hands of the king. So he gathers his 400 prophets, Ahab does. And there's not a, they don't have any hesitation. There's not a, a single voice of dissent. This all together, and remember this is sort of like in the presence of uh, a big party. Everybody's partying, so the prophets are invited to the party and in the spirit of the party, they agree with Ahab. Sure, go ahead. God will deliver it into the hands of the king. Jehoshaphat said, Is there no other prophet of Yahweh here from whom we may inquire? Sounded a little fishy to Jehoshaphat. These were the ones he called in immediately. Obviously, not a single one of them was known by Jehoshaphat. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man from whom to inquire the word of Yahweh. But I hate him. I hate him. For he does not prophesy good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, the son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat said, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't talk like that about a, a prophet. I hate the guy. 
I can't, every one of his sermons just pierces my heart. Makes me feel bad all the time. Well, okay, you shouldn't have said that. The king of Israel summoned one eunuch and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, at once. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were seated each on his throne, dressed in their attire and seated in a threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets were prophesying before them, these, four, these 400. And Zedekiah, the son of Kanaah, Kanaanah, let me see, Kanaanah, himself made himself iron horns. So said Yahweh, with these you shall gore Aram until you destroy them completely. And all the prophets were prophesying likewise, saying, go up to Ramath Gilead in triumph, and Yahweh will deliver it into the king's hand. Now here's what 1 Kings 22 records about this event, beginning in verse 1. And they lived peacefully three years. There were no wars between Aram and Israel. And it was during that's the northern kingdom. And it was during the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramath Gilead is ours, and we're doing nothing about taking it out of the hands of the king of Aram? And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to do battle in Ramath Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people are as your people, my horses are as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king, please inquire today the word of Yahweh. The king of Israel gathered the prophets, about 400 men said to them, shall I go to Ramoth Gilead to do battle or shall I refrain? And they said, ascend and Yahweh will deliver it into the hands of the king. Jehoshaphat said, is there no other prophet of Yahweh here from whom we may inquire? And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is one more man from whom to inquire the word of Yahweh, but I hate him, for he does not prophesy good about me, only bad. Micaiah the son of Imlah, and Jehoshaphat said, the king should not say that, say so. And the king of Israel summoned one eunuch and said, bring Micaiah the son of Imlah at once. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were seated each on his throne, and they were dressed in their attire, uh, and all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, made himself iron horns, and he said, So said Yahweh, with these you gore the Arameans until you destroy them completely. All the prophets were prophesying so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph, and the Lord will deliver it into the king's hand. But then, here comes, uh, here comes Micaiah. And he prophesies against Ahab. Remember this guy, he's the one who never said anything good about Ahab. So then, we're back to Second Chronicles chapter 18. And we're beginning in verse 12 here. 
And the messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets are unanimously favorable to the king. Now let your words be like one of theirs, and you shall speak favorably. <laughs> He's, you know, he said, you need to come and, and agree with them. That's what you need to do. You need to say the right thing. Micaiah said, as Yahweh lives, whatever, Elohe, whatever my God will say, that I will speak. And he came to the king. The king said to him, Micah, which is another word for Micaiah, uh, shall we go to Remoth Gilead to war or shall I refrain? And he said, go up in triumph and may they be delivered into your hand. Now you, you see the cynicism here. Go up in triumph and may they be delivered into your hand. And the king said to him, how many times must I adjure you that you should not speak to me but truth in the name of Yahweh? He could tell that Micaiah was being cynical about the whole thing. And he said, I saw all the Israelites scattered over the mountains like sheep who have no shepherd. And Yahweh said, these have no master. Let them return each one to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not say to you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, only bad? Didn't I tell you this guy wasn't going to say anything good to us? Just bad stuff? And he said, Therefore listen to the word of Yahweh. I saw Yahweh seated on his throne. And all the hosts of heaven were standing on his right hand and on his left. And Yahweh said, who will entice Ahab, king of Israel, so that he will go up and fall in Ramoth Gilead? And one said this thing and another said that thing. And a certain spirit came forth and stood before Yahweh and said, I will entice him. And Yahweh said to him, wherewith, or how are you going to do that? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying or a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And he said, you will entice and you will prevail. Go forth and do so. Now here's the bottom line. The purpose of Yahweh here is to bring the life of Ahab to an end, to kill him. That's the whole purpose, the whole thing. If you will remember, the last couple of times we have studied Ahab, Yahweh said to him, you're going to die. And all of your sons and all of your household, they're going to die. And Jezebel's going to die. And he goes back to the, you know, to the, to the vineyard that he wanted and all. So, this is where God will end the life of Yahweh. Sure, you can go up and you can go battle. Go ahead. So the deceiving spirit comes. You will entice and you will prevail. Go forth and do so. So he sends him forth. And now behold, Yahweh has placed a deceiving or a lying spirit in the mouth of these, your prophets. 
But Yahweh has spoken evil concerning you. And Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, approached and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit of Yahweh pass from me to speak with you? So here's the only real prophet, Micaiah. And the rest of them are duped by a deceiving spirit. Yahweh had sent him forth thus to accomplish his will. And Micaiah said, behold, you will see on that day and you will come into a chamber within a chamber to hide. Micaiah, this guy says, how did the spirit of Yahweh leave me and get into you? Micaiah simply says, okay, you'll see. This whole thing has to do with a battle, a war, the people going to war, and the purpose of Yahweh has been established. And you've said one thing, and it opposes what Yahweh's purpose is, and you will see, and this is what's going to happen to you. And the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the mayor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son. So that's Ahab talking. And you shall say, so said the king, place this person in prison, feed him a scant amount of bread and a scant amount of water until I return in peace. And Micaiah said, if you return in peace, Yahweh didn't speak to me. And he said, all you people, listen. All people, listen. Here's the deal. If Micaiah is the prophet, Ahab won't return. So here is what uh, 1 Kings 22, beginning in verse 19, says about this same situation. Now the messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah spoke to him saying, Behold, the words of the prophets are unanimous and favorable to the king. Please let your word be like the word of one of them and you shall speak favorably. And Micaiah said, As Yahweh lives for what Yahweh will say to me, that's what I will say. And he came to the king and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to war or shall we refrain? And he said to him, Go up and triumph and may Yahweh deliver it into the king's hand. The king said to him, how many times must I adjure you that you shall not speak to me, but the truth in the name of Yahweh. And he said, I saw all the Israelites, that's the northern kingdom. I saw all the Israelites scattered over the mountains like sheep who have no shepherd, who is Ahab. And Yahweh said, they have no, these have no master. Let them return each one to his house in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he doesn't prophesy good concerning me, only bad? And he said, therefore, listen to the word of Yahweh. I saw Yahweh seated on his throne. All the hosts of heaven were standing by him on his right side and on his left. And Yahweh said, who will entice Ahab so that he will go up and fall, die, fall in Ramoth Gilead? And one said in this manner, another said in that manner. And a certain spirit came forth and stood before Yahweh and said, I will entice him. And Yahweh said to him, how? 
And he said, I will go forth. I'll be a lying or deceiving spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, you will entice and you will prevail. Go forth and do so. It's a command of Yahweh. And now behold, Yahweh has placed a lying or deceiving spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. Whereas Yahweh spoke evil concerning you. This is what he told him. Zedekiah, the son of Kenanah, approached and struck Micaiah on the cheek and he said, which way did the spirit of Yahweh pass from me to speak with you? Micaiah said, behold, you'll see on that day that you will come into a chamber within a chamber to hide. The king of Israel said, take Micaiah, return him to Ammon, the mayor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son. And you shall say, so said the king, place this one in prison, feed him a scant amount of bread, a scant amount of water, until I come back in peace. Micaiah said, if you will return in peace, Yahweh didn't speak to me. And he said, all the nations hear this. So everybody's going to know that Micaiah is the prophet of Yahweh. Finally then, the defeat and death of Ahab. Back to Second Chronicles 18. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Remeth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, you got to love this part. I will disguise myself and go into battle. So it's okay. Ahab has just been told by the prophet that he hates, who says, who never says anything good about him. He has just been told, sure, go up, take the battle, and die there. So he gets with his buddy Jehoshaphat. Tell him what to do. I'm going to disguise myself. I'm going to disguise myself, but you go ahead and dress like a king. Matter of fact, you can wear my robe if you want to. Go into battle, wear your royal garb. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went into battle. So he's out there just looking like anybody else on the battlefield. He doesn't look like a king at all. Jehoshaphat. There used to be a cartoon about Jehoshaphat. What? Jumping Jehoshaphat, yeah. God blessed him. He didn't really need the friendship of Ahab. This wasn't really his battle to fight. He didn't need a friend in Israel. So he goes to a place where he's not supposed to be doing something he shouldn't be doing. Because Yahweh has blessed him beyond measure. He doesn't need this. And now this, this dummy goes ahead and dresses up like a king. So he's the only king-looking dude out there on the battlefield. Ahab has put on just regular clothes, and he's out there with the other soldiers. He thinks he can hide from Yahweh. May I say from personal experience, 
You cannot hide from Yahweh. He doesn't have to find you. He knows all along where you are. This guy is, this Jehoshaphat is crazy. Ahab, you know, he's, <laughs> I don't like this Micaiah guy. And he speaks evil about me, but I, I'm afraid he might be right. So I'm going to fool the Lord and just be a regular dude out on the battlefield. Disguised himself, they went into battle. Verse 30. And the king of Aram commanded the officers of his chariots, saying, Attack neither small nor great, except only the king of Israel. I'm not interested in any part of the battle, except taking the life of Ahab, the king of Israel. That is the only thing that interests me. So you do your best to just wage, wade yourself through the, the battle lines and the battle fronts and you look for one guy, Ahab. And I want you to kill him. This is what your job is. So he, the officers of the chariots, this is their one mission. And it was when the officers of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, well, that's the king of Israel. They turned upon him to attack him, and Jehoshaphat cried out, and Yahweh helped him, and Elohim enticed them away from him. You see, the whole deal is, it's not the purpose of Yahweh to kill Jehoshaphat. It's the purpose of Yahweh that Ahab will die, not Jehoshaphat. Idiot that he is. He still is the servant of Yahweh, and Yahweh still has work for him to do. So Yahweh delivers him. When the officers of the chariots saw that he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from going after him. And a man drew his bow innocently, and it hit the king of Israel between the scales of the coat of mail. And he said to the charioteer, turn your hand and carry me out of the camp. I've I have become sick. A random arrow fired up into the air. See, here's this dude. He's a bowman. He has bows and arrows. And there's confusion. And he says to himself, well, I'm just out here to shoot arrows. I think I'm just going to shoot one. And he shoots it. And it finds its way right to where there's a place in the armor where it doesn't meet. Just a, little, just a little open slot in the armor. And the arrow sinks deep into Ahab. And the battle withdrew on that day, and the king of Israel was standing in the chariot against the Arameans until evening. And he died. At the time of the setting of the sun, it was the day of battle. Yahweh said, you're going to die at the battle, and he did. It happened. Now, here's what 1 Kings 22 says. The king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. 
The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I'll disguise myself, go into battle, and you wear your regal garb. The king of Israel disguised himself, went into battle, and the king of Aram commanded the 32 officers of his chariots, saying, Attack neither small nor great except the king of Israel only. Now here, remember, the king of Aram has 32 city-states. They're called kingdoms, and there were 32 kings, but they are, they're really less than a nation. And yet those 32 are allied with Aram, which is Syria. And so those 32 companies are told, you got one job, find and kill Ahab. Attack neither small nor great except the king of Israel only. It was when the officers of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, this is but the king of Israel. They turned upon him to attack him and Jehoshaphat cried out, and it was when the officers of the chariots saw that he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from going after him. And a man drew his bow innocently and hit the king of Israel between the scales and coat of mail. He said to his charioteer, turn your hand and carry me out of the camp for I have become sick. The battle became more intense that day and the king was standing in the chariot against the Arameans. He died at evening. And the blood of his wounds ran into the inside of the chariot. A cry passed through the camp as the sun went down. Everyone to his city, every person to his country. And the king died and was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria. Now remember, the prophecy was, Israel is going to become like people with no master. And they're just going to go back home. They're just going to return home. And that's exactly what happened, as we're told, here. And he washed the chariot at the pool of Samaria. And the dogs licked his blood. That's what Yahweh said was going to happen. The dogs would lick up his blood. And they washed the weapons there as according to the word of Yahweh, which he had spoken. The remainder of the deeds of Ahab and all that he accomplished in the ivory palace which he built and all the cities that he built are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. Ahab lay with his forefathers and Ahaziah his son reigned in his place. Well that's a good thing. We got rid of Ahab tonight and we don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, so we'll pick up there next time and right now we'll have our deacon prayer time.